millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. So moving back up to Oregon, yay! And in the spirit of uh, moving back home and all that stuff, I uh, last time I was up there, I interviewed one of my buddies from from way we go back over more than twenty years from my high school days until like we still see each other because now I don't live in the Czech Republic anymore. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is an episode of uh, like good and bad drugs of like tons of way too much LSD and meth stories and. Uh, having a warrant for like a decade and, you know, being an outlaw and what that means and having kids and, you know, getting married and life. And uh, most of all, my buddy Nick that I've known for over 20 years. And um, it's just fun to reminisce and kind of dig down into some of your defining years and the friends you had as you're growing up and all that stuff. So, uh, obviously this was a lot of fun to do to kind of <laughs> aim a microphone at somebody that I've known for so long, but, uh, yeah, this, I think this episode speaks for itself. I think it turned out great audio quality wise aside. So if this is working, this is another, uh, episode for the podcastnik feed and maybe Americana for euch if I translate it to German, you know, kind of paraphrase, but, uh, I'm up in Oregon for my mom's 60th birthday, but I came up a day early to kick it with my buddy Nick, who I've known since I was like 16, maybe? Yeah. 16 or 17, and you're a couple years older than me, so like 17, 18 something. You had just get gotten out of Job Corps, maybe a little bit previous, and we'll get to all of that, but I wanna back up, and as part of the introduction and everything, and, and these stories, I didn't know these stories uh, so first of all, I'm I'm 36. So that's like we've known each other 20 years, you know, for yep. someone listening. But but as I've known you, like over the years, it's like oh shit, we, you know, you you've had a you've had a bunch of stories before you met me. And some of my craziest stories always start with me and my buddy Nick, you know. And those are known in like the Czech Republic and Germany and California and and every place I go and tell the horrible tales that I've done. It's like there's Russian separatists, there's, you know, like I was a tour guy, and then there's like the stories from my buddy Nick. So, um, but I want to back up, and uh, so where, like, where, where are you from? Where were you born, and, and that kind of thing? I was born in Sacramento, California, and, uh, in 1979. But, so how long did you live there for? Well, we were there from, I moved to California and from California a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, when I was four, almost five, my mom moved me up to Waitsburg, Washington, and then we lived there for a while. 
And then we can kind of just jump back and forth. Where's Woodsburg? Is that Waitsburg? Where's Waitsburg? Have you ever been to um, the the Whitman Mission outside of Walla yeah, Walla? That, yeah, I know the Whitman story. So yeah. yeah, okay, Walla Walla. Yeah. yeah so yeah, if you yeah. go south, you yeah. hit Waitsburg. For and, me, that's on the way to my grandma's house in northern Idaho. Yo, I think you right go through Tushi first, and then you'll hit Waitsburg. Okay. They're just rinky dinky um, little towns. But for if like a German is tuning in, it is like. Southeastern Washington, South Central Washington. Yeah, it's it's like Washington a giant, State, a giant desert, pretty much. Yeah, it's in the there. it's in the. Okay, so so between like Sacramento, California, Walla Walla area, um, you move back and forth. You moved around a little bit, right? Yeah, a lot of where it. where uh, where else? Like in your early like until you were ten, like let's say you're ten years old. How often have you already moved? Probably like five times by then. Yeah. But a lot of it. Same, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Uh, I, I moved to. I, I went from one elementary school to another elementary school to another. Even elementary the same school. city sometimes. Yes, yeah. Same city in yeah, Walla. Same. Yeah, yeah. And then we moved to Snohomish, Washington, for a while. And you live with both your parents? No, just my mom. The whole time, like from birth, basically. From birth, until now. Well, not now, but you know. Yeah. I was now there's, seventeen. There's another. There's another story in the mix. Just to start to give people a picture of you know of everything is um, years later you found out that maybe, I mean, I, we can cut this out or whatever. Oh, it doesn't matter. No, my uh, my real father had a wife and he was partying. My uncle okay. was, was married or was getting ready to marry my aunt and his brother started joining the mix with the party and hooked up with my mom and they started hanging out, but he was married yeah. at the time and he, okay. he already had one kid, because I have a half brother that's a month older than I. But am. you didn't know that for I, years. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. I, I mean, you're an only only child, as far as like you and my, up. on my mom's side. Yeah, I'm yeah. my only I'm my only child. Yeah, but a half brother you didn't know, know nothing no, about. Yeah, no, and I've got two two other half siblings as well, and everybody in my family knew that I was my father's son, but he denied it. So back in 1980, okay. they had DNA. But their DNA was like, you're either yes or you're it's no. different. Yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah. on the scale it was today where you can take it and be like, oh, yeah, this guy is this this yeah. person's nephew. Because if they're closely related, yeah, back in the day, that would throw them off. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, blood relative, yeah, paternal yeah. test, yes. So yeah. they, they huh. didn't even use the technology and the, the identification that they use nowadays. They had a Polaroid picture of my dad, and his, his brother looked like him. So he mm -hmm. came in and did the paternity test for him, and... So the results okay. came out negative, but he denies this. He he, yeah, he okay. got all, uh, he was a truck driver and he was doing a lot of meth and he got yeah. all methed out and showed up on a delivery one night and told my mom, he's like, hey, if I'd have known who you are back then, I wouldn't have done this to you. Yeah, but He's yeah. like, he felt so bad. And then I brought this up to him years later on Facebook. I, I called him out on it and he... He denied the whole thing, told me my father's somebody else, and then God, he was that like... that is some Facebook drama for ha, you. <laughs> have a nice life. Yeah. Because he, he yeah. didn't want to talk about it, because he knows he would screw himself. Because he yeah. signed paperwork of, you know, that's falsifying identification and... Yeah. Just stupid. Yeah. But but as far as... You didn't even know this. You didn't, you know, you, could, you didn't piece this together until years later. Till years later. And, uh, but, but you're growing up when, uh, with your mom and moving around. And uh, what would your mom do? She was managers of a lot of different places, okay. ma mainly like convenience stores and gas stations. I had to just move around where the jobs took her. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, and she, I, I didn't have anybody at home for a long time. I was a latchkey kid. So one, one of your traits that impresses me <laughs> to this day, but even when I was a kid, I was like, damn, because here I am. I moved from Germany to Corvallis, Oregon, and then like two years in into you know my high school time, like I met you, and we had we hung out with the same people, with the same folks basically. But you could quote 80s, 90s. You could quote any movie several quotes from specific movies at just like in the right moment like you just had you just had a quote that fit with whatever was happening you know that well, and, uh, well it's because when my mom would work she didn't have a social life so she would go when blockbuster video was still around yep she'd go there on paydays and buy 15 20 vhs tapes yep and so she would she literally gave me her collection I had over a thousand VHS tapes of just yeah. different movies, like every movie you could think of, and it really irritated her when she had to, she realized she had to switch to DVD. But that, that's what raised you. you go, oh yeah, you're like I'm keeping my v, my VCR yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, but that's what raised you. You know, yeah. you're like okay, you get television. Home, get home from school, and uh, you figure know, out if I can't go hang out with my friends, then I just sit here and watch movies all yeah. day long. I, I can watch Batman again. All right, let's. Oh yeah. This. I can watch Freddy. Oh yeah. Nightmare, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street or something. All right. Um, now, yeah, let's see. So, what did you do? So, I met you when you got out of Job Corps. What were you doing before that? Before Job Corps, I was yeah. living in Walla Walla. I was getting in a shitload of trouble. That's one of the reasons why my mom wanted to send me off. Because there was at one point when I was growing up in Sacramento, me and my cousin were like, if you got us in the same room, we were the devil. We were very bad children. Like, was there, bad. Was there legal trouble at that age already? Like, oh, yeah. run ins with the cops? You're like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I was on drugs all the time. Oh, okay. So wait, back up. So what? When? How old were you when you had your first cigarette? Ten. And uh, uh, first time you smoked weed? Thirteen. Now I've, I've, I've kind of come clean on on this or that show. Hopefully, probably hidden in German somewhere in some dark corner of the internet. But, but it's no secret that like I've I've kind of tried the spectrum that's out there. Like when I was in that age, uh, as a as a teenager, I was like, well, you know, I can't, I can't know I hate it or I can't even talk about it. I can't be in the conversation in a way. And naively as a 16-year-old, like, well, I can't really, uh, I can't hate on tweakers if I've never even tried meth and I don't even know what I'm talking about, right. you know? Like, and um, so, yeah, I mean, I've kind of tried no, that, the whole that was kind of my, That was kind of my mindset. You might have just been a couple years younger because I, I had my first cigarette when I was 13, you know? So well, my mom told me don't same, go do like this. Same like latchkey kids, nothing. Don't, no one don't go do this. Don't go do me. that. And I'm like, well, why don't uh, you want me to do that? That sounds like it's gonna be fun. Why would Kinda, I? Kinda yeah. Why like, would yeah. I not want to do and no that? No one's no one's home to tell me yep. not to. Like, oh yeah, no, you have no idea. When I was in the second grade, my mom, she was in in school and she left me home, and I had an infatuation with fire. I never really burned anything down, but mm -hmm. uh, I was playing with WD-40 and a lighter in the kitchen. And she asked the neighbor, who was my friend Eric at the time, and uh, asked his mom, I don't even remember her name, but like asked her, you know, keep an eye on the place, make sure nothing really happens. And the, her description of it, when my mom got home, there was police, there was fire department, oh, ambulance services. And she said she saw what she described was an explosion of fire 
through the curtain, the window, the I had the oh curtain drawn. Yeah, yeah. And I'm in the kitchen with WD-40 and lighter <laughs> going, whoosh, 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 and it's making these huge so flames. So you were just messing around. I was just messing around, yeah. <laughs> and she, oh, she was at the right moment, at the right time, staring out the window, and she just sees these huge fireballs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what is she to yeah. think? So Glo she calls 911. gas explosion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. No, seriously. It, it was <laughs> hilarious. But, you know, my mom wasn't too thrilled but, about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harmless fun, harmless fun. Um, yeah, so, okay, so you were get. we can leave it vague, like you were getting into trouble and it was just a good idea to go off to Job Corps. Yep. It was a good idea for me to go to Prague when I did. What can I, what can I say? Yeah, <laughs> like, and so all, all that shit, it just, it, it caught up and she got, finally got tired of it because it just kept getting in trouble, you know, and it was the point where it was starting to become school, like probation. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, I was cutting school all the time. Yeah. She couldn't keep me in school. That's why I had to go to Job Corps. Because I was, I was a junior in high school. It was a part of a deal, like, you're not going to graduate, so, you know. No, she, she didn't even give okay. me no deals, no options. It was, she was stressed oh, out from wow. working two jobs, you know. Like, Don't have no personal it's life. It's like this or boot camp. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. This or, or the ranch. Or ward of the state. Put you on Dr. Phil. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I contacted that, that guy, and <laughs> nobody ever got back to me about my dad's story. <laughs> you're like, I got some stories. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, so... Okay, so Job Corps, now you met some folks or were in Job Corps at the same time of like randomly a group of my friends because I yeah. got, uh, I was, I'm really, to this day, really good friends with, with one guy as soon as he came out of Job Corps. Yep, and, I and that's the first guy that ever talked to me when I went to Job Corps in the state of Oregon. That was the first contact was, I had was, was, he was that guy. Was he just getting out when you got in or were you guys mm -hmm. were in it to get together? Uh, Let's call him Steve. Okay, I was going to say that guy works, you know, that guy. Are, are we, so to this day, really good friends with Steve. There's another guy I know to this day, Bert, at a similar time, um, and and I knew I I knew Bert first, and then Steve, and then through Steve I met you. Yeah, I uh, I met Steve when I first got to Job Corps, and uh, he was the only dude that Wait. really talked. To Pat. Yeah, it's Pat. Pat. Don't know if it's guy or girl. It's Pat. Saturday Night Live. Pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the I know the skit. Yeah, because yeah. they, um, they actually did a movie. Oh yeah, I think I'm, I might have. Dude, uh, it was hilarious that w that one part where uh, they, they got the bathroom scene and the neighbors trying to find out if Pat's a guy or a girl. Yeah. And she's dumping down the actress that plays is a female, but she's yeah. dumping orange juice down the toilet and the neighbors like trying to peek through the window to see if because Pat's standing there and like yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like he's taking a piss. Yeah, I th yeah I think I saw that, but yeah. It's, it's an old Courtney's old '80s movie or in early '90s. So uh, you met Pat in Job Corps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, so so that's how I met you. I was I was sixteen. You just you just got out and maybe I met you like six months after you got out or something because I met one person after the other. Yeah, because you, you met me early ninety eight, I wanna say. Yeah. And this is the story where my experience with hallucinogens starts. Like Yeah, I exper uh, I experienced Pat so Pat I think the first time I, I did acid was was with Pat in uh Coos Bay. Oh no! Were you with <laughs> Were you with the one? The, no, before the, the tatted one. Dude, he had a, the tatted one. No, uh, he had his own connections to Coos Bay somehow, and that's how he met her. But he knew somebody Weird. else down there, and that's how he met her. And then he brought her back, the tatted one. That's crazy. Yeah, that, uh, the I was the tatted one got her first tattoo. Uh, no, I got my first tattoo at my grandma's house. The tatted one. Didn't Java Didn't Java do a lot of her work? Yeah, but Pat gave her, you know, back in the day when he first ex like imported her from Coos Bay. Nice. So, 
Yeah, and I, I still saw her. She she's like down in Texas now, but uh, weird. Be- before that, yeah. Why'd before that, I fucking I visited her when she was down, up the here. The way in that she is, I would not see her fitting in very well in Texas. Austin. She's That's Austin. even stranger. No, I think that works. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Austin's like that. Austin's a good fit for the tatted one. They're all tatted ones down there. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, like yeah. Then 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 we met. Like then I knew you. Uh, you you had. Because I just, again, like two years out of Germany, probably uh, never smoked a joint until I was 15, I think. Like, Oh, dude, the first time I with, ever smoked? With, I didn't even get high. With Every, edit. <laughs> everybody around me was lit when we first smoked. We, uh, we traded a carton of smokes for a fucking joint, and it had some hash in it. And I was like, okay. And we smoked it, and I didn't get fucked up at all. I was pissed because we were riding bikes around, you know. I'm I'm 13 how, years old. How the do you remember when we met or how we met? I don't. I remember being at a party. I think it was at Steve's house. Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe through Steve. Yeah. So um, and and that kind of that introduces like dude. So there's there's this phenomenon that we could talk about. It's like worthy of a whole other. It's worthy of a book. Of w- there was four of us, and if you do a lot of hallucinogens together, and we're talking like. Like too much, like not. I a mean, copious just, uh, amount. Copious amounts of hallucinogens over like a period of a month, and the whole thing started and ended in like a six-month period, the peak, you know. And after six months, like over and done with. None yep. of that stuff's addictive, you know. Just yep. a bunch of weed and that we didn't drink. Literally, we, we weren't right, drinkers at all. Right Cigarettes after and summer, because you moved. I moved, and then and then you went down to California, but but we like. Like I've read about this later. I was trying to like define how do I even tell this story, you know? But, but um, man, like we just shared our own reality, the four of us, for so long that uh, we had this group of people around us. That's a whole another phenomenon of like there was like thirty people because we were all poor. We were all like basically squatting in this one room kind of deal. Like, yep. man, at one point, like I think eight people slept in that room and. You know, and and uh, we were evict- evicted from a place because there was like six of us, you know, people living in the living room and plus cats and everything. And yep. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, the thing is, like, it was good times. Uh, I've I kind of like moved out of my parents' house and was just like there full time and finished off my high school, kinda <laughs> like like yep. I graduated, yep. but uh, even graduation, like I didn't sleep the night before. I kind of came in a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> threw on my gown, had blue sunglasses on. You know, when I even when I got on stage and got my diploma, like or my graduation thing. I just remember that you guys, you were like, all right, all right, you guys. You guys were cheering in the back. When, when, <laughs> when, when they say, we all got to yell, thank God, at once. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Edit. <laughs> edit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but so in the six months, like we were in a house in the woods. There was waterfalls. Like Oregon's oh, a beautiful dude. place. We were camping four days. 24 hours a day straight. Driving a car with no brakes sometimes to get no, places. N- no sleep for four days straight. And yeah. every time you started coming down off of a trip, you'd wait a couple hours and then, oh, well, it took me five hits last time. Here, I'm going to have to take 10 hits now. Yeah. And you'd literally trip the same intensity, maybe a little more, but it would be for the same length of time. So yeah. you could literally void time for a four-day stretch at 24 hours a day. Yeah. It was just one day in my brain. Yeah, yeah. One extended break. The sun, the sun comes up and down. Sometimes it's blank in areas, and sometimes it's not blank. There's, I, I remember stories of uh, you 
me is how it started and we would walk over maybe with Pat and we would walk over to Steve's house on the other side of town yep. and his brother um, yep. and wake them up at like you know somewhere between 11 uh, p.m. and 3 a.m. I don't really you know time is I don't really know it was dark for sure and like but literally wake him up like knock on his window and wake Steve out of bed you know yep and then dose him up and then he's he becomes a part of it. he's like oh you guys what's going on and we're like just shut up yeah wait 30 minutes and then he's a part of the journey and we're like okay we're out of cigarettes let's go to 7-11 circle k or whatever and walk in there and uh and by the and then go wake up the next person and just kind of do that all night and then and then end up back home in the morning and and you know crash and get some sleep and then kind of wake up and be like oh man all of our all of our acids gone all of our drugs are gone like well I, I might cut that out because I'm I'm implying that I mean yeah don't don't say his name yeah. anyways but yeah just I know I know what you're talking about well it got but, to the point where actor funny face guy drive the minivan yeah he was going down to Eugene. <laughs> Yeah. He was going down to Eugene, and uh, he's the one who ended up picking up that guy's connection. And so he would go down there every week, every Friday or Saturday, he'd go down and he'd pick up a 10 pack and yeah, he'd bring it okay. back. Yeah. This is, you were gone Eugene, for this. Eugene and Portland are big uh, parts of stories, you know, and, oh, yeah. and also out in the woods. Oh, Jesus. Um, Scary story in Vancouver, all because Vancouver. Of, of Pat. Yeah. Pat is a fucker. I wasn't he, there for, that, for yeah, that one. He likes yeah. to fuck around. So we're with the Swede. We're with uh, Steve. Oh, with the, yeah. And we got Pat. We're Swedish? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was driving. Goodness. That's yeah. how he got oh, there. Oh, yeah. We okay. went to go see Eben up in Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so we we all get into a Swede's car and we're driving and we get up there. And so we had a, a, a number of spots to go to. And so we first spot was, all right, we got to go get some doses. So we, yeah. all, we all pulled money together with people back in Corvallis. Yeah. And so we, we get up there and we go down to Waterfront and it's not hard to find doses back yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, and the cops were very minimal. So, so yeah. in retrospect also, we were at the right place in the right time. In the Pacific Northwest uh, around the year 2000, there was a dude. It, so it was a dude that moved every couple of years, cities, but he happened to be in Eugene right then making like bathtubs full of doses. That's of LSD, you know. Yeah. That's the urban legend. But but, go look it up. I don't know. Go tell me, you know, if someone finds something out. Like, yeah. But yeah. So the, and then it dried up for a while, and you know, every twenty years that kind of happened, you yep. know. But um, anyways, yeah, we were just like, like in Europe, you know, because then I moved to Germany, and there's like, oh, LSD? No, what? Is it the '60s? Like, we don't have that stuff here, you know. So it was, it's weird. So we we get down to waterfront, and as we're walking past these restaurants. Yeah. Pat reaches out and grabs a salt shaker and puts it in his pocket. Oh, that's I, that story. Yeah, and so I look back and I noticed he had done it. Nobody else had really noticed ah, he did that. So we why? go down and there's like this stone throne. I don't know if it's still down okay. the waterfront. Yeah. But there's a dude s was selling doses there and he just literally was quick transaction. Yeah. So we ended up picking up a little over a quarter sheet. It was about 26 hits, I think. Yeah. And uh, we go up to Vancouver, Washington to look for our buddy. You, you remember some of the names of some of the types of, of fucking doses we used to get silver uh, silver and thumbprint uh, thumbprint yeah, yeah thumbprint was insane wasn't uh, there like a cart like simpsons or flintstones or uh i've i've gotten a lot alice, <laughs> like, alice in wonderland yeah. uh thunder eagle it was a triangle on a, a single dose of paper it was a golden triangle with a picture of an eagle in the center and it had a couple lightning bolts oh, going through it. thunder eagle yeah, yeah. it was crazy 
Hard, but uh, we picked up our our doses were fuck offs, and they were little four way hits. There were four hits yeah. to each square, yeah. and it was a a heart with an F and an O and an arrow going through it. It was pretty sweet, little perforated Hot. things, yep. you know. Yep. And um, it's like straight out of a movie, though. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so we get up to Vancouver. We go to Cascade Hemp Supply, and Swede's like, "I'm gonna buy some salvia," and I was like, uh, "Okay, I guess," you know. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's 10 times potency. And I was like, whatever that means. Because I, I had no experience with salvia before. Yeah. I'd never even heard of it until like we were going. Is that like DNT or something? Or no, salvia is like a psychotropic herb. Yeah, but is it, I, I thought there's some other drug that is the, like if you, uh, you know, when you get the chemical out of it, whatever it's called, then it's called something else. But I, yeah, like, or, the, or the actual chemical in salvia, because salvia is the plant. Yeah, and I think you're thinking Like THC to weed, but there's, but yeah, anyway, yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah. And so he picks up an ounce of that, and then while we're there, we're like, fuck it, it's around 4th of July, let's go pick up some fireworks since they suck over here in Oregon. Yeah. So we went and got Roman candles, bottle rockets, and some shit, you know, because it's going to have a good 4th of July. Yep. And uh, we go back, and uh, uh, my buddy Russ, he was uh, hanging out at the party spot, and... uh, or wait, no. Be- before we get back, I jumped the story. Um, so after we get our fireworks, we... What about we, the salt shaker? Was there any negative yeah, yeah, consequences? Yeah, yes, yes. That's <laughs> what I was getting to. I got off thought. But uh, so <laughs> we're in Vancouver. <laughs> fucking Pat! And um, we get to Evan's house, and he can't be found. So we were like... Okay. Oh, right. that sucks. Yeah, yeah, we went all that way just to see what he was doing. And it's like his mom's like, oh, he doesn't live here. He lives with his sister. And then oh. we tried to find his sister's house. It just didn't work okay. out. And so we're leaving Evans Street, and uh, we stop, and Swede's getting ready to pull out, and fucking Pat reaches out the window with the salt shaker, tosses that fucking thing, and it lands right in the road and shatters just as this crazy fucking biker drives by with his girlfriend on the back of the motorcycle. And he fucking... Yeah. And he looks straight over at us, and I was like, oh, shit. We're all going to die. Yeah. And Swede pulls his fucking car out and just jams on down the road. And that dude chased us for yeah. like 10, 12 blocks. We took a right. He somehow figured out how to get back to I-5. So we're going down I-5. This has already accelerated us. Yeah. Mind you. Yeah. We picked up some weed. We picked up some doses. We have illegal fireworks and we have yeah. an ounce of salvia. Swede decides it's a good idea to go 90 down I-5 at sunset, tailgating people in and out of traffic with no headlights on. All of a sudden, headlights. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Oh We're getting God, pulled man. over. Yeah. <coughs> uh, he got lucky because the whole incident was thrown out of court because they misspelled his name on the ticket. Man. But we're getting pulled over, and at that point, Steve is over here because you know Steve is like no one's gonna tell me what to do. I'll fuck him up. You know he's always yeah, authoritative yeah, yeah. about the way he was when he was younger. Steve was with you guys. That's crazy. Yes, yeah. and he's like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna bust out with my constitutional rights. I know my rights." And yeah. we all look at him and we're like, "You're gonna shut the fuck shut up, up because we've got a quarter sheet of LSD in our pockets. We are not going to fucking prison, you jackass." Yeah. yeah. And so, but he nails him with a big fat ticket, but fucks his name up on it, so they had to throw it out of court. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, it is just like one salt shaker caused all these problems because Pat oh, is not Pat. the fucking smartest tool in the shed. So yeah. Okay. This uh, this one time when I was in Corvallis, uh, I used to hang out with an unsavory group of people. I used to have different circles of friends, and like I yeah. would hang out with certain people at certain times, and then hang out with other people at other times. 
And then this one group of friends of ours uh, used to do a, a lot of uh, harder drugs back in the day, and, yeah. and meth meth was one of them. And I never went to the to lengths of shooting it because I, in my head, you know, junk, here's junky logic like, oh, you're a real piece of shit if you inject it, like needles. That's like, an that's old the, story. That, the next that, step is, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll grind up this and snort it, but I'm not going to buy heroin. Yeah. Or, you know, and the yeah. next thing you know, you're like, oh, I, I bought heroin, but I'll never shoot it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I, I, you know, when I did shoot it, you know. But we're not talking heroin. You never really mess with heroin. No, right? I smoked yeah. opium, but I. Yeah. I, but just, just like for the curious, you know. Yeah, yeah no. We're not talking about I never, heroin because that was one drug. I was like, that's a drug that will fuck you up. And I have like, never tried heroin. That was the out of all the things I've tried. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not that curious, you know. Yeah, like, no, I've seen what it did to people. Yeah. Like I, I had a one time a different story, but. I experienced true terror with heroin. The driver of the car overdosed, and like they were driving oh, at like man. 65 down the highway, and I'm oh, in the back man. seat. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, so a group of our friends, we all got our shit together, and we we got money pulled together, and we went to go get some stuff, and and uh, I waited for a while, and uh, they never came back. I sat there for four hours, and so when I came back, I didn't have anything, and I didn't have any money, and so they they thought I, I had taken their money. Oh, yeah. And so they pulled a gun on me and I was like, each one of them had a gun in their hand. And like, I, in my experience with stuff like this, like if they just pull it out and they don't shoot you, they have no intention of shooting you. Now, very small I cases, mean, yeah. there's a percentage where that's not true. Yeah, but that was what, but that was the thought in your head at that time. My head at that yeah. time was like, you know, if we're they, in the middle of Corvallis. It already happened. Yeah. 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 Or they would have shot me in my leg or my hand. They wouldn't have killed me. Okay. They would have like, shot me in a body part or something. For people that have never been to Corvallis, Oregon, it is a, it is a city in the, like, uh, it's a college town. It's where OSU is, Oregon State. Um, but it's like, it's like the most beautiful college town in the Pac-10. I don't know about like East Coast towns, but it's just like bricks and flowers and trees. Oh and, yeah, I you know. Every, the campus is, is beautiful yeah, there. The point is, not a whole lot of violent crime. Just a couple miles away, Albany, you know, Eugene, Portland, you know, in different times, and the, now it's even better than it was in the, the 90s. The worst thing that's ever happened in Corvallis is that one of the, the Ted Bundy, I believe, he, he kidnapped a, 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 a girl or two from one, here. One of the victims was... Yeah, there. from Corvallis at uh, OSU. And then the Brooke Wilberger, she was kidnapped off a of Corvallis oh, campus. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I think that's the only, they don't really yeah, have violent not, crimes. It's not known for, it's, it's really known for a really safe, the the cop to civilian ratio is like the highest in the state. It's just, you know. Yeah, um, I can tell you that. They like to patrol a lot out there. Yeah, and they got, sometimes they got nothing better to do than mess with kids. Like well, I remember, yeah, in that when I was in that age, you know, first couple of years of getting your license, oh man, it was a regular occurrence. My, my buddy Pedro, he moved from California, Southern California, and he has three black brothers. And so down there, it's not a big thing, but around Corvallis, it's kind of like, oh, this is before they, they had equality on their force. I remember them getting in trouble for ro racial profiling before. I've, yeah, I've explained so, Corvallis in German on a different podcast. And so yeah. like, or he Oregon, shows up all, all Californiaed up, you know, and Pedro and his brothers, they're gangsters, you know. Mm -hmm. Like the in California, two of them are Bloods, one's a Crip. Like, and he's just stuck in the middle of being kicked the crap out of all the time, being forced to fight. Pedro's people. white. Yeah, Pedro's a white guy, but yeah. well, not really. He he looks white until he gets into the sun. He's some uh, 
Okay. Okay. I, his mom is crazy. Like he he's a whole nother story. But he's yeah. But he he is basically a white guy with three. I, like I know Pedro. And he yeah. had dreads when he first came down here too. Okay. So there's another yeah. factor. Okay. And then he okay. dresses in the gangster Chuck Taylors, with the the, the classic California yeah. knee high socks. You just get messed with. Yeah. I, I had I told this in Germany many times, but I had a my first car was a '67 Mercedes. And yeah, that car was awesome. Once I didn't drive it without insurance, and then they just knew who I was. We'll just call it the rod. Time. It was yeah, the rod. It, was, it was the rod. Yeah. And uh, once they knew me, then it was like, oh, it's the purple old Benz with the tail fins. You yep. know, like, you're not getting away with that. So not even on the back road. It's like, it's just, uh -uh, yep. we see you coming a mile away. So, um, yeah, that's corporate. Yeah. So long story short, like, yeah, you're, you're even with guns pointed at your face, you're like, uh, not, not here. Yep. Like, uh -uh. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, that's crazy, though. So I guess it ended well because we're having this conversation. You didn't, oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, no, those were one of those what-the-hell kind of moments, like come-to-God kind of shit. I can order food from Dizzy Hen to go. Do you want me to order and go pay? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Take you guys at breakfast. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Biscuits yeah. and gravy with bacon. What yeah. do you want? Do you Biscuits want and gravy with duck. If that, that thing, that if they thing, have, that if they thing. have that thing or biscuits and gravy, you know. Okay. Yeah, you got it. That would be freaking sweet. Thank you. I'm not cutting out that order. That's amazing. Yeah, biscuits and gravy and breakfast of champions. I've, I did a podcast on that, <laughs> dude. That's podcast worthy. I did breakfast. I, I called it breakfast at Travis's. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> it was in German, but yeah. That's awesome. Um, that's all I explained to Germans what biscuits and gravy is, like what country gravy is, and yeah. And I, I meant so I mentioned Philomath and the. Maybe that was in a later thing, but I was like, okay, so the, they just used the French term for that, yeah. Um, it's great. But yeah, shenanigans, like like when uh, I used to hang out with Steve's younger brother, like Steve kinda, I don't know, he he found a separate path when when you, we were yeah, we you were worked out. with Steve's brother and and yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I hung out with the whole clan uh, at Thanksgiving uh, last I'm year. I'm really you know. good friends with Steve yeah. and his family. Like yeah, yeah, I, exactly. I'm, I'm yeah. really good. It's like my second family. I consider his mom like my yeah. second mom. She helped me when nobody else would. Yeah. I spent a lot of time homeless. I spent a lot of time just there. You know. Yeah. I. I. Dude. I'm telling you. Like it sucks if you don't have a plan. And well, like, I, I used to live like three blocks from Steve. I used to be like right there. You know, with Eben. Evan was kind of on the way when he lived there, but you know, I just walked down. Yep. Uh, uh, 
you don't have to have a plan in life, but you Dave, know what? I think we can call Dave Dave. Having, no, Dave's a good guy. Having roots is what you need to have, like a good support system of yeah. friends. And I, I did have a... Yeah, they, like, I mean, they were, yeah, I mean, those guys were not, like, wealthy people, like... No, on, but they have big you know, hearts, and, you know, yeah, and then on, that's on, why on I, I, and, yeah, but. I, I, I credit Steve and his family for part of the person I am today. I'm good friends with his, like I said, his brother, we can call him Chad, like Chad. Chad and his wife and his kids, they're like my nephews and nieces, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I just can't, it sucks I can't hang out with Steve anymore because he went to prison for like three years, three quarter months. So I, I wrote Steve letters when he was in prison when I first moved to the Czech Republic and I was like, man, I hope people are writing Steve, let, you know, because he was in prison for a couple of years. He was in prison for a while, dude. Oh, yeah. No, he was. Yeah, he was in prison. He for, was in prison for a year, for a couple of years. For three years and three quarters yeah. months. And he served day for I, day. I think I, I wrote him maybe 10 letters in that time. And he would write back to the Czech Republic, you know, like, oh. I had none of his information. There was I another was, riot. I was in and out of jail at that time, too. Oh, okay. So another thing is I think when I met you, did you have a... Did you have Always a had a warrant for my arrest when I hung out when with you. When I met you, you had a warrant for your arrest. Yep. Which, uh, to talk about the scope of what we're talking about, when was your name cleared? When did you get out? When were you like, I'm a, I'm a free man, I'm innocent, no warrants for your arrest, 2000? Just after Alex was born, I finished up, it was like a year after he was born, I finished my probation sentence. And so, 2005? Okay, so 2005, I met you 1998. When did, when when uh, when 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 did you get arrested? Which time? No, for the for the warrant. Oh, that. Because there was one warrant above the others, and I, I we don't have to go into the crime because there's court records I think out there it was and shit. Two thousand or, or no? Something. Oh, was no? I thought it was. No, maybe nineteen ninety nine or nineteen ninety eight. It was ninety eight because yeah. it happened in ninety seven. So, but for seven years or so, for around seven years, you were a wanted man. Oh, yeah. And you, you ended up leaving the state. But, so, I mean, I, I've told this story in German. This is like, you're that guy that, <laughs> I was like, there's always a guy in the back of the car that, yep. in, the, in the rod or in the VW bus or whatever it was. And every time a cop car would drive by or just tail us for one block too long, your face would turn white and you'd kind of sink into your chair. Yep. And I was like, yeah, no, I, like I had a buddy that was just like, I never thought about it most of the time. And it was just never, but if, if somebody knocked on the door, one guy would be like, just, you'd like, you know, turn over and, and, and uh, you know, hand him a beer. And then you turn around the next time and he is like gone. He's like behind the couch, under a pile of clothes or yep. out the back door or, you know, yep. up in a bedroom, like in the attic. <laughs> yeah. and, and this is that guy. And uh, we can talk about it now because it's all taken care of and you yep. know, it's all good. But um, that was a part of your life. Like, dude, you had ulcers from stress from, you know, like just always thinking that you're going to get arrested tomorrow or something. Yep. You know, and in it a way. was something such as petty as riding a stolen four-wheeler. I didn't steal the four-wheeler. I didn't, I didn't hurt nobody. I, oh, and so I, all, like a consequence is like I lived in, that was a felony. And when I lived in Prague, you couldn't get your passport for a, even when you were done you know a felon can't get your passport for a while yeah uh, like seven years or whatever it was so i lived in prague for 10 years and i'm like fuck you know right right when you coulda is when i kind of came back yep. basically so uh, but yeah no that was actually for a while there it was just kind of fun i i it was like well, an adrenaline rush to run from the police so i mentioned part of it was was petty part of it really was uh and, and it was just not being smart i, I mentioned this i could have fixed it
Well, okay. Sense. So first of all, there's that part that if you just wanted to play along and, and jump through hoops yep. for 18 months or whatever. But I, I mentioned, I did a whole episode in German again on uh, the prison system, especially private prisons and that's whole, and like gangs in prison. And there's a whole issue there. But even in the county jails and uh, state, state penitentiaries or state prisons, whatever, um, it's like once you're in their database, like once you're in their, in their vision, in their scope, then it's hard to get out. You're, yep. you're like guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. And you're going in for uh, like urine analysis every week or every other. Like I can't even make this up. Like, so, okay, what would you have to do for 18 months to be cool? What, what, you know, back, back then in 1999. Me, see, and I later didn't know this, but... Uh, because I didn't take care of it at the time. Yeah. Uh, there was three of us, um, and the first two people, because uh, they had taken it. So originally, they we we were at a, a high school out out somewhere in this area, and we got drunk in front of the high school at a motel, and we're like, hey, let's go mess around. So we go over to the high school, and there's the the baseball diamond, and then they've got a booth there, and there's the it's the. We're out there screwing around, climbing on the backstops, and, and somebody's like, hey, there's a four-wheeler in here. And I'm like, oh, but it's locked. And I'm like, I could get that lock oh, off there. So I grab a pole that's attached to a tire. I put it in the thing, and I just literally put it up and twisted it, and it snapped the lock right off. Okay. <coughs> they open okay. the storage booth, and they uh, they get the four-wheeler, and the dumbass janitor left the key in it. If the no key oh. had been in it, it would have never been an that's issue. It. That yeah. would have been dead, yeah. I would have never had this problem. Shoot. So, yeah. so they they rode it initially around the school grounds, right? And yeah. then they they crashed it into the bushes in the back of the, the the field. And two days later, I'd found out they came back the next day with his girlfriend's truck and picked it up and took it to his house. Okay. And so I go out there to hang out because we always go out and hang out, you know. Yeah. And they're like, hey, look what we got. And I was like, you fucking dumbasses. Why did you yeah. take this? You guys left it there. That's the last I saw it. And, well, yeah, we just, we, we, we thought about it. And we we're like, yeah, we want to keep that. And I was like, oh, man. And I'm like, well, do like dumbasses do. So I joined the party and I start riding it, you know. They're riding it around. They broke the fifth gear on the transmission. It was five gears. Already in a day. Yeah. 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 And so I'm like, all right, well, can it still be driven? And they're like, yeah, just don't put it in fifth. I'm like, okay. And so I'm riding it, and I go up the road. And on my way back down, I'm like, fuck it, let's see what this thing's got. And so I full throttle that bitch. And like, I, not at first, but gradually started picking up speed. Yeah. And I think I topped out at 45, because if it had kicked into fifth gear, I think I would have been doing about 60, 70. Yeah. And I started hydroplaning over the gravel. Shoot. And yep. so I went straight towards the embankment. Well, it bounced me and when I flew this way my foot got caught under the wheel and yeah. it pulled me under it and so I oh, I technically ran man. myself over at yeah. about 45 miles an hour and so the the four-wheeler kept going oh. and I rolled and then I just popped right back up on my feet and my ankle instantly was like this big it was like the size Shoot. of a, yep. a cantaloupe you know yep. and so I was like oh man if I would have crashed up there I was two miles away nobody would have heard me I probably yeah. would have like so luckily for me, the, the four-wheeler kind of just stopped and crashed into the embankment. But I got back on it, and I put my ankle up on the handlebars, and I cruised back. And <laughs> I was like, hey, you guys, I think I really screwed myself up. I need to go to the hospital. And they're like, um... And I was like, well, we can wait a little bit. I just want to see how it reacts. And so I'm icing it. 
And then the dumbass guy, one of the guys that was in trouble with it, he was riding a, a, a smaller motorcycle and he was going up this embankment and he, he, he didn't start out very fast and he couldn't get it into second gear. He tried to switch at the top of the hill and he does this number. He hits the hill twice and then Ouch. falls like yeah. 15, 16 feet and lands on his knees and his elbows. Yeah, okay. <coughs> he had a helmet on, but he smacked his head. Yeah. And so he went to the hospital. So we're two dumbasses sitting next to each other in hospital beds. And uh, that's another thing that linked me to the four-wheeler because when I got to the hospital, they asked me what my accident entailed, and I was like a yeah. four-wheeler. Uh, and so it all just ran right sure, back yeah, to me. You could have been like, I rolled down the hill. <laughs> it all rolled back to yeah. me. And um, so all these proceedings happened, and I don't know it. My mom calls me. I'm living in Washington, and she calls me. She says, the sheriff showed up with a warrant for your arrest. In Oregon, here. Yeah, yeah in Monroe. Yeah. And I was just like, what are you talking about? And she says, yeah, okay. the paperwork says something about a stolen four-wheeler. And you just have her one of those, oh, shit moments. Yeah. When you're thinking, you're thinking, and all of a sudden the, the file in your head goes bing, and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. So apparently I had all the legal paperwork, and I read it. But how old were you when that I was happened? 17. Okay, yeah. And I came back when I was 19. Yeah, okay. And so uh, it sucks, because if I had taken it care of it then, I would have been a minor. minor. The yep. felony would have stayed as a minor. Yeah. Because it was a Class C felony in Oregon. But you were, like, absconding a, already or, or, you know, like, well, by not turning yourself because in. Because we were drunk, they wanted me to go through drug rehab. And I was like, fuck you yeah. guys, you know. Fuck, that's not necessary. I don't have a drug problem. I got drunk. You know, I made a mistake. Yeah. It's not like I do this you're on a weekend. You're not a drinker. Like yeah. you're, you drink less than I do. Yeah, yeah, no, to this day, I barely drink at all. Yeah, I'll yeah. have a beer with a buddy every I just want to, yeah, like, no, no, no. That wasn't, yeah, that's but not yeah. part of normally the part of the I just made a, one stupid choice, and they threw the book at me, you know. Okay, and so then, yeah. Well, because when I came back, I wasn't there for the original arresting and everything. So when I came back, all the court proceedings had gone on. It was just like, you're guilty. This is what it is. Because you didn't appear. You're just like guilty by default yeah, or I, something. I, got, yeah. I turned myself in. I did the right thing. My mom told me I came okay. back down. I took okay. care of my affairs in Washington for a bit. I came back down. Uh, I turned myself in. They arrested me. And then it was, that's when it started. And my probation just, officer yeah. had it out for me. Like, he hated me from the get-go. Yeah. And so I kept kept. Uh, did you Did violate. you, you had a court-appointed, uh, state-appointed lawyer? Court-appointed attorney, yeah. Yeah, a court-appointed attorney, yeah. yeah. And was so, he, was he, did you like that guy? He no, was, he, was he, he railroaded me. Like, because everything was already set in place. Like, I so, couldn't have gotten a lighter yeah, sentence. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Is like, now you're just like, even that you turn yourself in, it's already you're in the system. For better I, or worse, could you have gone to court dates or whatever? That's all... Like, there's a whole uh, other part they've of this. They've got their statements, and they've got their statements, yeah. and they've got all these facts but and all these if you proceedings. Just, if you just look at statistics, like, this happens to minorities, and this happens to poor people, because you don't have a lawyer, or, or you know, there's no big job. They know, like, oh, you're a responsible citizen with a high-paying... See, that's what I love about you and me, because you come from the side of you, you're like, you're Corvallis. It's an awesome place. I love it. It's I'm like, beautiful. that ain't happening to me, dude. Yeah, I no. I privileged myself out of that. Well, I, I go there and I'm on the different spectrum because I got out of job I, I was joking with TSA literally yesterday, you know? Yeah. Like, this, well, this detects fear. Well, and then I moved here <laughs> because my mom, I got out of job court and then uh, she had gotten evicted and I was 17 and she left me out, you know, and yeah. just was like, I got to go here and you can't come with me. That Oh, so that's the thing is when I met you, you weren't living with your mom. No. You were just like, yeah, you were, you were just next I was couch surfing. Yeah. And yep. so... 
I would stay wherever uh, I, I Yeah, like Pat straight lived on my on the floor in my bedroom, like in my mom's and my parents' place, and my you know his mom and stepdad's place, for like two years. Yeah, because um, it was that or the streets, and I was, you know, and and my mom my mom is hella cool. So my mom talked about football in German, and the, and the the listeners love that. They're like, have your mom back on the show. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause yeah, she was t- yeah. It's awesome. She speaks German, so yeah, <laughs> and she loves football. She, you know, like that's best of teams in the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> uh, all right, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But yeah, the the aspect is the reason I brought up like your income background or whatever is because yeah, you got a court appointed attorney and and um, everything was already decided for you. Yep. You never had you never had fair representation. No. The bottom line, if you even if you had a, a, a they good call attorney, it fair because of what they were working. If with. you had a good lawyer, even afterwards, you know, someone that was like a good lawyer, then they'd be like, no, 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 that was that's. You I, should throw I, this I whole did, thing out because of a technicality. It's not that. Like, it's, like, I, I hope he never like, had fair I representation. I hope people that are listening don't don't think that I'm whining. I I deserve to be punished for the crime I committed. I knew the four wheel yeah, was but stolen. Never, but okay. I, and I wrote it, and so, so what, that was my bad. But yeah, they, because but, then, <laughs> but when I came back and turned myself in, both of those guys had completed their pro, or one had completed the probation sentence, paid like 125 bucks because the transmission was broken on the four wheeler. Yeah. somebody had to pay for it since we're the com- criminals. Okay, it falls on us, and they originally split it up three ways. And they were all there for their court dates. Yeah, and, stuff. and so when and it took mine went two years without being answered to any of this. Yeah, and so. When everything came to light to the judge, he was like, I hate to be the one to do this to you, but you're the one that's going to be learning the tough lesson. We're going to go ahead and make you fully financially responsible for the, the remainder okay. bill of, of this. The one, one said individual has finished his probation sentence and he paid this amount. And the other individual absconded They're and we done. can't find him. Oh, okay. And so, so you're he stuck ran. With the bill. Yeah. yeah. And so you're the one that's going to foot the bill. And so um, for years, they, they would take our state tax return to pay that bill Okay, back. yeah, yeah. For years, for years. years and years, yeah. That was one aspect. The other aspect were what were the terms of your, of your probation? So that was like 18, you didn't serve any jail time for that? Or? Oh, no, I, from messing when, up, I did. When they, when they, oh, okay, yeah. But yeah, no, no jail. In, in German, I was like, oh, I should have Nick on and just explain what. Well, they originally know, what would have given me is like and this six and that, months. They would have originally given me six months, but how many times I had been arrested? It's time served. Okay, credit. yeah. And so, uh, eighteen months probation. I had to go through twelve months of drug rehabilitation just because I was intoxicated by drinking beer. Okay, yeah. But I wasn't which twenty-one. Means, which means you have to uh, pass a urine analysis, which includes weed, and yep. weed stays in your system for thirty days. For thirty days or more. And and so on the one hand there's many listeners out there that'll be like well just don't smoke weed and and honestly okay there's like you know you have to you have to do drug tests for other reasons and for employment and everything and, and you're just like oh well as an adult you're like okay so i just won't smoke weed you know yeah. and, and do get the job done um but as a kid like in those years when like your whole life is kind of like you're couch surfing based on like the, you know, your stoner buddies and you just like whoever's around, you don't, it's just like your options are so small. Just be like, oh, I'm gonna move town and clean up my act and yeah. you know, start all over. No, dude, like you don't have the money to even leave town. Yep. You know, there's many people in Corvallis who are like, why don't they just leave? Yeah. Well, how, how would they get set up shop even if they were moving to like Kentucky or, you yep. know, out in the Unfortun- eastern part of unfortunately, Oregon? Unfortunately, it'll be a truth, you know, it takes money to make money. 
and like yeah you can't you, to move change so, your life yeah, yeah so it, you're stuck in the same place the, with the same friends that you were in Corvallis so yep. even if you're like oh okay 18 months I can do this for 18 months like no you're still working at fast food jobs in the kitchen with the same other people yep. and the only thing that keeps you sane is a, you know a bowl at the end of the day yep. kind of thing self-medication and and if you smoke one bowl or one joint in a month then you mess you'd mess up you know four weeks worth of of you you know urine analysis yep. like you ways and that's so, what that's what they kept violating me on yeah uh, and so every time he'd violate me i'd have to do community service and then i was like and a lazy it, does it asshole. extend your probation too yeah well it just adds more time on yeah see and so, so like you never get out you're like yeah, and oh, there's man. actual point system once you reach a certain amount of violations they re they reject your probation yeah and then they put you on post-prison supervision parole. oh that sucks yeah and so yeah, yeah. once you're on parole you don't go to county jail they send you to the penitentiary for six months so, at a time. So, because now you're a convicted uh, felon. felon. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. And and if someone just looks at a list, they don't. The, the crime no longer matter yep. matters. There are. They just there, know it's a felony. Yeah, there are people in jail and, that like dropped out of the database. And then do you know how many doors even, got you know, slammed in my face because as soon as yeah. I fill out the information, it's all. Have you ever been convicted of a felony? I have to answer yes. That's right. When looking for a job. Yeah. You have to answer yes because they're going to do a background and, check and they're going to yeah. find it anyway. And that's, that's, it's so hard. You can, you can be uh, any race you want and gay and everything. And, and um, if anything, if you click yes on those, that, that protects you, disability, veteran, those yep. are protected minorities. Yep. Uh, and that, like, that's kind of a legal term, you know, like, you but know. But th that one question there, there's no yeah. protection felon there. felon is the other way. Exactly. Yeah. It's like they cr they'll crucify you. They don't even in depth and in looking into it. Yeah. So. There's no way they're going to go back and look at your record and try to interview people that knew you or get character witnesses or they're yeah. just like, oh, well, maybe he's not trustworthy. And, and why would we even bother with the next step, the interview, if we got 30 other candidates? You just yep. fall to the bottom of the pile. And that's just a truth that you face for like a decade. It's, and, you know, do you know how hard it is when you get an interview and then that question comes up in an interview and you're like, for most of the part, this is going to screw me because... People think felonies and they think dishonest, murderous, rapist, drug yeah. dealers, you know. Yeah, thugs. yeah. You don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. And so. You're like, yeah, like when I was a minor, I, I went on a joyride with the four wheeler. You almost have to like say that as like, my name is Nicholas Waymack and yeah. I'm a felon. Yeah. <laughs> but you almost have to then say like, it was just, I just, you know, took a, a four wheeler for a joyride. Like, yep. like shit, I didn't, you know, I didn't kill yep. anybody. I didn't, you know, like, damn. And, um, but the thing is, yeah, if you abscond, if you move state, and then you, because you left up to wash, you were married, yep. you had a kid, yep, uh, your just first had a kid, kid. Yep. and you moved up to Washington just to, you know. I, I had a, I had a, I don't, I, I can't say I'm a religious person, but I had a come to God moment An where epiphany. we were, yeah, where we were driving, and it was like my, I just met with my probation officer, and he goes, the next time we have our meeting, I'm going to arrest you, and you're going to go to prison for six months, and I'm putting you on post prison supervision, and then my, my now wife. Uh, she she had like I had nothing like I had yeah. to scrounge for everything and jobs weren't shit fast food like I worked every fast food in Corvallis oh, yeah. at the time oh yeah and so she's like well I got a we got a total of eleven hundred bucks like what do you want to do we can go and move to here or blah 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 and my mom just happened to move up to Washington and had uh, connections and so yeah. I literally went up there for a week I paid the deposits on a place. I got a job, yep. set up a post office box. I visited you once in Forks. Yep. That is a Forks of Twilight thing yeah. now. But yep. this was pre-Twilight days. It was way pre-Twilight. It was just meth, meth heads and uh, <coughs> hot rods. And loggers. 
And loggers, yeah. yeah. Just the I remember like midnight. There's people like cruising up 101 or whatever the high, like their main street. It's like yeah, Rawr. yeah, because we were getting ready to have have Tyler, and it was like, uh, I'm gonna go to jail. I'm not gonna be able yeah. to see my kid born. Like, so man, I was like, yeah. all right, fuck it, let's let, let's move. So she had the baby, and we fucking jammed out. He wasn't yep. even two weeks old. We fucking packed up and moved out. I was gone for almost two years. And then when we came back, I was like, you know what? Since I have all this now, I have a lot more to protect. I gotta was take like, care of, yeah, I got to take shit. care of my stuff so that way I can move on as a family man, you know, yeah, a person. Yeah. And so it took me a while, but I ended up eventually getting it all taken care of, and I haven't had to look back since. Then you're motivated as a father and like, okay, yep. it's done. I'm done with this. Yeah, yeah. This, that's no example. No more getting pale face in the back of a car. It's like, oh, crap. Yep. yep Sex yep, lights. Because yep. you got to set roots down. Unfortunately, yeah, it's just places. bad for your health to be going through go through life as an outlaw, man. Yeah, um, especially this day and age, it just screws you. It even affects your yeah. credit score for. Uh, come on, yeah, you, know? you can't you can't run and hide now. No, you want a credit card? You want yeah? Where does yep. your you know? They just you want run a four hundred one k yeah number in you. You want health screwed. insurance? You know. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was that that was that that aspect of your life for years and years. That's true. Yep. And like when I met you, that was already going on. You were a wanted man. That was you know to to give more background about that. Um, but yeah, then uh, there was there was a good like year or something where we hung out. I was still in high school, and uh, I left for Germany for a year. You moved down to California, I think, or something. Yep. Um, directly after that. No, I went back to Washington. Yeah, because yeah, and then I came back to college. Yep. You, were back, you were back in Corvallis when yep. I was in college. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I so. went up to Washington for a little bit. That part of my life's blank in my brain. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember it. Waste. Because I'm telling you, copious amounts of just weed and yeah, freaking uh, hallucinogenics and yeah. Dude, some of the best trips I had were uh, well, in Walla Washington. Walla. I'm telling you, <laughs> under the city, it's crazy. It's they've got these channel waterways that go for miles under the whole city. And you okay. can get down the little concrete. We used to ride our bikes up and down those, ride skateboards, go and fuck around down there. It was just fun, you know. It never did any huh. damage to anything, but yeah. Yeah. but just like like people don't know you're down there. A city's going on, life is happening, mm-hmm. and you're just walking into a nice, quiet place. And literally, That's something, you, can, yeah. you can see the the drains from the city. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like five stories tall. You, you were Ninja Turtles. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, while Ninja Turtles. Yeah, you know, it's kind of creepy when it's dark, <laughs> but you got a flashlight and you're just like slowly creeping around, making yeah. sure nothing's down there. That's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then, uh, yeah, I lived another four years in Corvallis for college and I needed that whole time too. So. Yep. Hung out all the fucking time. And yeah. Pat and yep. those guys were still around. Yep. You were in college when we had my bachelor party. Took a good amount of mushrooms. Is that when you got married? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was maybe, okay, yeah. That's when um, I got married. Man, yeah, I got married in the park in Corvallis, Avery Park. Yeah, Avery Park, yep, down at the Maple Grove area. That place is haunted. Is it? That's great. That's, yeah. <laughs> so that's where the Indian Village was. I'll, put, I'll cut that part out, though. <laughs> right, I had, I had a bad, that was one of my worst, just most, just, petrifyingly terrifying scary moments of a trip ever was climbing around that thing on every park and then I started looking at it and there was like rapes and murders and all kinds of shit there and then and then like years later I found out that's where the fucking Kalapuya village was where the Indians lived it was kind of marshland but that's that's how they they fished and hunted and shit from there every park you know yeah I get in my mind I was like oh shit man (laughs) it's real anyways yeah 
So before we wrap this up, um, recently also, like one of our buddies from back in the day, like tons of stories, some we can tell, some we can't, uh, but he committed suicide recently and, and uh, was married. And that's our buddy Russ. And we just thought like, hey, let's, uh, you know, tell some stories of his for, for posterity and just kind of, um, those are some of the best stories we have anyways. Like uh, he was already in some of the stories we mentioned, like we, he was already in some of those things or we mentioned them already, but um, yeah, he just kind of recently passed and, and I'll come back up in Oregon. Like there was already a memorial forum, like a service and, you know, we'll kind of do our own unofficial thing, like go camping or something for a couple of days and, you know, do, do exactly this, share, share Russ stories and show Russ pics and, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. But um, it was the same, how do you know Russ? It was the same time, like there's a bunch of other characters that we haven't mentioned, like Harley and, uh, yeah, you know. I, I, uh, I met Russ shortly after, uh, I think it was like a year, year and a half after I met you. Just at a party spot one day, and this dude busts in on the party scene, just fucking oi, 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 like constantly pocket full of whatever, you know? I don't remember if he was like, how long he was living in Corvallis before that or what. For a while. He yeah, lived, yeah. He, uh, he was born in Corvallis, New Mexico, and then he was lived in Corvallis, Oregon. Oh, weird. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. otherwise, like, tons of camping, uh, tons of parties, tons of parties. Oh, yeah. Rave, and, scene, uh, rave scenes like a mother. Yeah, man, that guy. The only guy on the planet I've ever spooned with. <laughs> yeah. Were you just like wasted blackout drug or something? Oh, man, we got we got so tore up. We were we were at a party <laughs> for super late. And uh, we come home and there's already people just strewn about the house, passed out every every open spot. So him and the business card were, were sleeping on the, the full uh, pull-out hide-a-bed. Yeah. And there was a little slot in the side. I said, hey, do you care if I crash here? And he's like, no, no, don't worry about it. Just stay on your side, you know? Yeah. So sometime in the night, I ended up rolling over, and we just started spooning. Woke up in the morning. It was just weird. It was awkward, but That's how you funny. woke up. You both woke up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he uh, he was a great guy. Always the life of the party. Always, always helped you out if you needed help. Yeah. It's just not, you know, suicide's not a good thing. Yeah, I guess uh, another thing that I talked about on my, I talked about on a German podcast for sure. I don't know if I mentioned it in English, but we both met at, I'm also a mutual friend of ours and Russ is uh, Daniel, like at the country yeah. store. Like, yeah. you know, they were all, like him and Harley, like when, I, when we were there, Harley was living there too. And he's another, yep. you know, old, like he went to my high school and we rode the same school bus. Hippie and, kid. Yeah, totally like dreadlocks at first when I first met him. Yep, all the pictures he's got dreadies in those. He doesn't rock the he'd, dreads anymore, but he'd he'd love it if I brought him over to Europe and he could like beatbox in a <laughs> club right. somewhere, a little bar somewhere. Yeah, turntables. Uh, but yeah, Daniel's got a little country store now. Like last time we were out there drinking lagers, and uh, dude, he's got good beer. Harley is a great cook, and the you know he had him in the back for a while. Yep. Like man, that yeah, that's a nice place. Oregon's great, dude. I miss it. It's a great place. It's good to be out here. I'm gonna I'm gonna try out your uh, axe later and your chainsaw. You it's know, be sweet. Some, all the stuff I can't do in the Bay Area. You you, can, you have a you can have a tourism industry out here. Like, hey, run the chainsaw, rent them for the hour, and just chop some stuff up. You wanna you you wanna go and uh, shoot the shotgun? Sounds like fun. Just go out back and pop off some rounds. We should do that. You got a happy ending so far. 
you got you live in a great place and a little uh, creek where you can fish salmon and trout certain times a year and maybe go hunting somewhere. Like you don't really have any neighbors out here, you know. Great food that Kayla brought us earlier. Oh yeah, delicious food. <laughs> so um, yeah, man, good stuff. Your kids are happy, I guess. I don't know. Are they happy? For the most part, they're just teenagers. You know how it is. Just teenagers. They man. know it all. And I remember when Tyler was born. Yeah. Teenagers. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Tyler will be 17 in, in May, and Alex will be 15 in August. That's nuts. Yeah. I remember bringing him home from the hospital, cutting the umbilical cords, you know. I watched him grow up quick. I blinked, and I, I looked in the, the mirror one day, and I was like, who's that old guy looking at me? <laughs> I see that every day. Man, oh. Talking to kids at work, like 23, just graduated. And I'm like, man, I, that's not right. I'm like 15 years older. I got my 20th high school reunion next year. And I guess I should, now that I'm back in the States, I guess I should go. Yeah. Like, that'll be a trip. Yeah. I, I don't even know if I'd recognize a lot of people. Like, I guess a lot of it is like, oh, I've never you, been to a high school reunion. You'll recognize you know? a lot of people. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, yeah. We sat, we had a math class together or something. Yeah. But that's crazy. 20 years high school. So. It's even longer for me. Yeah. I was, I was a freshman in 94. Yeah, but that mean yeah, I mean ninety six. So that means you and I have known each other like twenty two years or something, maybe or yeah, twenty one now, and then next year twenty two. Yep, that's like with Russ. I knew him for a long time. One of the oldest friends yeah, I had I, here. I guess I met him sometime as the business card and all them, and then yeah. Yeah, besides but, besides you, Pat's the only person I know in Oregon that's for a long time. Still hang out with, yeah. Well, no. Or, I mean, well, still keep in touch with a little bit. Try to. Yeah. Pat, if you're listening. Right. Wait, that's not your real name, but. If you hear this, you'll know who you are. Pat, Pat. the cook in Eugene, Oregon. Yep. Um, but all right, so there you have it. Or Oregon is not how they how you call it. Oregon. 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 Oregon, because you got guns. That's right. Yeah, let's go shoot some. All right. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.